Awesome. Thanks, guys. Okay, Rachel, can you put up the first slide, please, mate? My topic today is uh, what were you thinking? Hard case sort of uh, title. And I said to Glennis, um, okay, mate, run some hard case stories by me from my past that you could say, what were you thinking? And she said, oh, standing out in the paddock in a lightning storm is a pretty good one. And I said, oh, I can't say that. I've already milked that one with the people. She said, what are some other things? And she said, uh, this. And I said, no, that's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> she came up with another thing. And, and I said, no, that's too, too recent. It still hurts, that one. <laughs> and so uh, there was a few others. And I said, no, there might, because a lot of them were about animals, horses and all that. And I said, well, there might be some animal rights activists here or something, you, know, you can't mention that one, so I've got a couple that are a little bit lame, I was in the, um, this is, you know, like forehead slapping, what were you thinking stuff, I was on the main, went into Kaikui one day for, I think, to see the bank manager, that's probably why, one guy said to me, why would you worry about that, Dave, he's not God, and I said, oh, he's pretty close, <laughs> and uh, so I, I, par I, I parked the ute, stopped the ute, um, shut the door, locked it, and then realised that I hadn't put the handbrake on, and the ute was going back, so I was trying to hold the ute and, and get the key in the door, unlock it, and pull the handbrake up. And I was, you know, you think, what were you thinking? You know, just like, I've done that, done that three times. Um, another one, um, this is Glennis's one. She went to the gas station, we've got a grey Mazda, and she went and um, filled it up, went in to pay, and then came back and got on the grey Mazda, and then she realised, this is not my car. And so she, she got, got out quickly before the owner could see and got back in her own car. I said, don't you ever, what's your registration on your vehicle? Oh, ENG, so I said, it's ENK761. I mean, is that a lady's thing? That's a guy's thing, maybe? I don't know. Look at the registration plate. Another one that I did at the gas station, this is, you know, what, what were you thinking? Forehead slapping material. I, I put the, they must have been short on attendance on the forecourt. This is Renton Motors in Kaiko. I put the, the, the gun in, set it to go, and then went in and paid. And then I came out and drove off, and of course the gun was still in the thing. <laughs> I've done that, done that twice. One, one, one smart aleck guy said to me, hey, mate, you're trying to take the gas station with you. That's what one guy said to me. But that's, uh, you know, that's just to give you a bit of a, bit of a laugh, um, just to start this off. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? I want to look at our thoughts this morning, a very personal and private area of our lives. The Bible says this, no man knows the thought of a man but the spirit in him. And in Hebrews it says, God's word can discern the thoughts and intentions of our heart. Could I have slide number two, please, Rachel? So we need to think about what we're thinking about. Our thoughts play an important part in our victories. Our thoughts affect our attitudes and our moods. Not all our problems are caused by external sources. They are not always somebody else's fault. It is easy to just be a victim, to be cynical. Often our issues come from the thoughts we entertain and play over in our minds. Slide three, please, Rachel. I've heard this said, you are what you eat. But I really believe that we become what we habitually think about. 
Proverbs 23 says this, and this is the King James Version. It says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The Bible has a lot to say about the way we think. I was thinking about all the scriptures. I'm just going to mention about four today. But if I was here and I would quote them end on end, it would take probably something between 15 and 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes running through the Old and New Testaments. God wants to change the way we think. He really wants to change the way we think. Um, I want to look at um, one scripture, and that's um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to read it from um, the Phillips translation. And it says this. The truth is that although, of course, we lead normal human lives, the battle we are fighting is on a spiritual level. The very weapons we use are not those of human warfare, but powerful in God's warfare for the destruction of the enemy's strongholds. Our battle is to bring down every deceptive fantasy and every imposing defense that men erect against the true knowledge of God. We even fight to capture every thought until it acknowledges the authority of Christ. Strongholds. Strongholds. We sang about that this morning. Every stronghold shall be broken. Now, we initially think, when you think about strongholds, you think about some demon having some other guy by the throat, and you think about it out there, you think about some sort of a warfare issue. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is the strongholds that can be in our own minds, in us. But strongholds are repeated patterns of thinking that try to control and limit our faith. They make generalized, critical, and cynical statements in our minds. They can involve authority figures, church itself, Christians in general, different cultural groups, and Jesus himself. When you think about it, Paul said in the New Testament that Satan has blinded the minds of those in the world, that they couldn't recognize who Jesus was. Now, that's a, that's a, a thought pattern of, of unbelief and rejection. Strongholds are dangerous because they get us trusting in our own understanding and not the Spirit of God. We must increasingly trust God, ask for his help, speak to the strongholds. In Mark 11:23, Jesus said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Be taken up and cast in the, into the sea. And I think about that in terms of our thoughts. Some of our thoughts need to be drowned, need to be drowned. How do you drown a thought? You drown it with the promises of God, of who we are in Christ. Strongholds are set up by Satan in our minds over years, so don't give up. Keep thinking and studying on God's promises. Acts 20.32 says this, I commend you to the word of God and to the word I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance amongst those who is set apart for himself. I'm just going to uh, give you a couple of biblical examples of what I'm talking about and the first one is about a guy called Gideon and this is Judges chapter 6 can I have that slide up please Rach? Awesome. Okay, this is Judges chapter 6, 
And I'm going to start reading partway through verse 11. And it says, Gideon was beating out wheat in the, mine in the wine press to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I always laugh at that. You know, because I think about a wine press. I think, of, like I've been a farmer, I think about a wool press. Like, you know, some big round thing. He's down on the bottom of this thing. And, and you know, he's hiding. He's hiding in fear for his life from these Midianites. And he's got this little bit of wheat and he's thrashing it around trying to get out some grains to, I don't know, make some scones or something. like. I don't know. I'm no baker. And the angel comes along to him and says, Greeting, mighty man of valor. I always, that, that just makes me um, giggle. And Gideon said to him, Sir, if the Lord... Hang on a sec. Midianites... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Mighty man of valor, Gideon said to him, Sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this befallen us? And where are all his wonderful deeds which our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us, given us into the hand of Midian. Hear the cynicism? Hear the doubt and unbelief in this man? Hear the fear? And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. What might? This guy's groveling in the bottom of a wine press, and he says, go in that might. What might? Of yours, and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said to him, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one. I mean, this is an amazing story. And you can, you can identify with the mindset of Gideon. You know, he sees himself as the weakest in his family, the, the smallest person that could ever be. And there's a scripture in the New Testament that said, He has chosen the small things to confound the wise. Hey, so guess what? You know, if you're trying to hide from God, if you think you're so small, you're actually stepping up. You know, you know, he sees you as being, you know, the one you could be chosen. So you're actually putting yourself in a more vulnerable position to God. And I just think that's crazy. The Lord talked to Gideon the way he saw Gideon, not the way Gideon saw himself. Until Gideon saw himself the way the Lord saw him, there would not be any victory. Do you see that? The change of mindset that the Lord brought to Gideon was one of being weak and ineffectual to being one that he actually went on and overcame the Midianites and accomplished a great victory. He needed to see himself the way the Lord saw him. The next scriptural example I want to give you is from John chapter 8. And, um, yeah, John chapter 8, and this is uh, verses 1 through 11. Early in the, this is Jesus. Early in the morning, Jesus came to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in the midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now when the law Moses commanded us to stone such... What do you say about her? Think about that. They asked Jesus, what do you say about her? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. I think that's a beautiful picture of humility. 
You know, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you've seen God, and here's God sitting in the dust, writing with his finger. You know, he sat down to teach the people. That's just, an, to me, an amazing picture of humility. As they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who was out sin among you be the first to throw the stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the eldest. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there before him. Jesus looked up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and do not sin again. Religious strongholds are the worst of all. We can find scripture to justify ourselves. Usually religious strongholds are pointing the finger at other people. The classic thing about this scripture, I, I think, is that they said to Jesus, what do you say about this woman? What do you say about her? The accusers pronounced judgment on her, but they themselves were judged. Jesus was the only one there in that group with the authority to judge, and he forgave. He forgave. What did he say about, about her? He said, I do not condemn you. I do not condemn you. That's an amazing thing. Amazing. Ephesians 3.19 says this, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We live in the knowledge age and that scripture is saying the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. Ephesians 8.4 says this, Fix your thought, thoughts on these things. The first one, it says, is on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So to think on the truth is to think on Christ. To take every thought captive to obey Christ is to measure your thoughts against what Christ thinks of us. What do you say about me, Jesus? What do you say about me over and above what everyone else thinks? Now, I, I work on my own um, a lot of the time. And I had some, you know, over the past six to eight weeks, I've had a couple of scenarios where I have offended and upset people. And, you know, this upset me. And, uh, you know, while I was working one particular day, it got to a stage in my head where I was, it was literally torment to me to think of, you know, what I've done, how to upset these people. And it was just starting to get overwhelming. I was starting to make mistakes on my fence that I was building. Um, out of character, I was starting to get upset. Um, I knocked off early and headed home, and the thoughts were getting oppressive. And the Spirit of God rose up in me and said, No, stop. You know, you're being stupid. You know better than this. And I started to speak out the word. The first one was um, Sophia's favorite scripture, um, Philippians 4.13. I can do anything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and the power. Can you put up that Isaiah verse, please? Um, and this scripture came to me. The, th the thing about, you know, if you've done foundations and leadership, but particularly foundations, it, it reinstituted memory verses. And that whole concept is not some sort of acute thing to take up 
the time. You know, this is the word of God coming in to drown strongholds in our minds, to get us focused on what Christ about, to get us built up into who we are in Christ. And this scripture came to my mind, Isaiah 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you. And as I continued to speak out these scriptures, peace came to me. And as I was preparing this um, and thinking about those instances when I'd offended these people, the Spirit of God said something to me that was sort of left field. And he said to me, David, you know, going through that process was good for you? And I thought, how was that going to work? And he said, because one of your strongholds is being a man pleaser. You always like people to like you. And you will make adjustments in what you believe and how you handle things so people will like you. And that's a stronghold and that's something you need to deal with. And you will never be able to go through life without upsetting somebody and walk with the Lord. And so I took that on board, real to you, that this what I'm preaching to you is, is real and close to my heart, and I needed to deal uh, with that stronghold. As a fencer, um, you know, I at the end of every fence is a thing called a stay, a uh, strainer, which is 2.4 meters long. It's about yay round, and I smash it into the ground with a big hunk of steel on the back of a tractor, ram it down 1,200 mils, so there's 1,200 out of the ground, and then I put a stay on it, and that can either be a box stay or it can be an angled stay. And the idea of that is that it keeps that straight, keeps the strainer straight. With one of my um, things that I do with a fence, every time I finish a fence, I walk down it with my iPhone, take a video, and, and telegram it to my kids. And I say, you know, guys, finished another one. And they send me, oh, good on you, Dad. You know, well, you know, it's a bit of an ego trip for me, but that's, that's, that's what I do. And this particular fence was, uh, you know, half a K long. It took me a while to walk down it. Glennis's only comment was, that was a long one. <laughs> but anyway, the, um, you know, this, this, was, this was a good fence. And I thought it was beside a road. And I thought, what a bummer it would be if a car went through it. You know, and I thought, oh, yeah, no, that's just that. And so I, I knocked off, went home, finished another one. The farmer rang me up on, Monday, on Saturday night. Dave, you wouldn't believe it. A car just went through your new fence. And, and my first thought was, because he told me where the car had gone through the fence, and it was right by this real tricky strainer and stay that I'd put in. And I thought, I wonder if that's moved. How, how good a fence was it? You know, this car went straight through to it, got all the wires and about 30 metres of fence. And I thought, I guarantee it ripped that thing right out of the ground. I went out there and it hadn't moved. And, and I, was, I was thinking about that when I did the scripture, and I thought, you know, this, his, he will keep us in perfect peace when our mind is stayed and fixed on his promises, on his love, and that, you know, that is an unshakable thing. Can I have a, the second to last slide, Rachel? I've got some pop-ups here. Um, the first one, please, mate. We need to think about what we are thinking about. How does your thinking measure up against what Christ has done for us and given to us? Ponder and think about who the Bible says we are as a result of believing in Christ. We need to line up our thinking with God's thinking in the light of Christ. 
And I think the last one is, is vitally important. And it says we must get our thoughts off the shortcomings of other people and level them firmly on the person of Christ. And as you walk through the Christian life, and as I walk on and I get older, I realize that the life we live in Christ is a challenge. It's a challenge. And I know as I've upset people, people have upset me, but we can hang on to Christ, hang on to Him, and He is absolutely all-sufficient, pure, and true. And He wants us to think about ourselves just as he wanted Gideon to think. Gideon saw himself as weak, ineffectual, unable to accomplish what this angel guy was saying to him. You know, it was just freaking him out. But in the end, he had to listen to the way the Lord saw him in order to be able to accomplish the victories that he was called to make. In closing, I just want to run past you some scriptures that have been um, important to me and their promises that uh, you can hang on to. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. 1 Corinthians 2.16, I have the mind of Christ. I clamp my hands across my ears each morning and declare that over myself. You know, you might think I'm a nutter, but that's what I do. I have the mind of Christ. I need the mind of Christ, the way he thinks. Um, Roger in the men's group is instigating memory verses every week. I think that's so cool. And the one he did last week was uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, and it talks about Jesus loving what is right and hating what is evil. And I'm, I'm praying that I have the mind of Christ to discern to run from evil and run towards him. That's what I'm speaking over myself. Colossians 1 verse 12 says, I am qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in life, in light. Whenever the powers of darkness try to tell you you're weak, you're not qualified, you, what qualifications have you got? He has qualified me. Jesus, by the shedding of his blood, by dying for me, has qualified you. Ephesians 4.24, I will display my new nature created in God's own likeness, righteous, holy, and true. That's the way he sees you, righteous, holy, and true. Romans 8.1, I am in Christ, so nothing, so I cannot be condemned. It literally says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And Romans 8. Verse 37 says, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. Can you just bow your heads, please, and close your eyes? Father, I just thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the promises that you're given, you have given to us. And Father, I pray over every single person under the sound of my voice, here or by the recording or whatever, that they will take seriously what you have done for them. I smash off every single stronghold that would come against the promises of Christ, who we are in Christ. Smash them off. Smash them off our own minds in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. And just while your eyes are closed, just anybody here who has not given their hearts to Christ, who has not opened themselves up fully to the Lord Jesus and opened up to His Lordship and, and broken off that mindset of doubt and unbelief and fear towards God. If you want to make a step towards Christ this morning, I'd ask you to be bold enough to raise your hand. And what you're doing is you're opening up your life to Him and saying, Lord, I believe that you died for me. Anybody here wants to raise their hand and open themselves up to the Lord in that way? It's a simple decision to make. Simple decision to make. Okay, that's cool. And also, I just want to um, just, yeah, just pray for you collectively. Father, I just uh, thank you for your love. Father, that is the most critical thing to break off our mind, the thought that we are not loved. So I just smash that off now in the name of Jesus. And I would pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that each one here, under the sound of my voice and and myself will just open up fully to your love, to realize that dynamic, to be loved, to be cherished, to step into eternity, knowing for certain that there is, there is love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, people.